Good morning. I'm glad you're tuning in. And uh, today I'm here again with Jeremiah Jones. And we're going to talk about his journey of faith. And really, we want to focus in on his uh, work, his missions work he did in Malaysia and what he did. Welcome back to the show, Jeremiah. Thank you. So uh, how in the world did you ever get to Malaysia and who did you work with over there? Well, so I, uh, when I was a young man, I attended a church in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, it was called World Harvest Church at the time. Um, and we had a Malaysian couple that attended and their nieces attended church there too. So we, and they would go back and forth to Malaysia, you know, to visit family and always inviting the pastor to come and do missions work over there. And so I, th I believe he had went one or two times before I went, and uh, you know we'd have we'd had a I remember it was a Sunday evening service we'd had a really good service and he came up to me after service and said you know the Lord told me the, to invite you to come to Malaysia with me the next time I go, so I uh you know sought the Lord about it and felt he wanted me to and I said yes. Was that an easy uh, was that a really easy missionary spot so. Um, or was it well, rough? It, it was easy for me to say yes to because I had no idea really what Malaysia <laughs> was other than I had, you know, some friends in the church that were from Malaysia. So I thought, yeah, it sounds great. And I was, uh, you know, 20, what, 23 years old at the time, I think. So, you know, I was a young man and it was, uh, it sounded like an adventure to me. And I was, <laughs> and I was very hungry for the things of the Lord. So, so who did you connect there with? Um, so when we went over, um, the, our main contact in Kuala Lumpur was a man by the name of uh, Pastor Robert Judah Paul. Um, and his main ministry was in the area known in the city of Kuala Lumpur as Chow Kit, which was known throughout the country as the Black Hole of Malaysia. Wow. So how did you get that reputation? Um, you could find any horrible thing you could imagine there. Um, you know, any vice that people have or any deadly sin, you know, from drugs and addiction and, you know, homelessness, alcoholism. There were tons of destitute children whose parents died on the street. There were prostitution, transvestites, um, lots of the gangs, the triads, they were all in there. Um, it was a pretty dark place. The police didn't go there much. They just let it kind of be. And uh, the government of Malaysia actually referred to the people who were, who were stuck there as human garbage. So it was a place that really needed Jesus. So what attracted you to Robert Judah Paul? Um, well, so we went, you know, I, I didn't have a choice that first trip because that's, that was kind of the itinerary. And we visited some other churches. But while I was there, I noticed that he carried a, an anointing with him, to use a church word, and the presence of Jesus around him. And Jesus working among the people in his church and where he went was very evident. Hmm. So share a little bit what happened to Robert Judah Paul, too. I mean, he had a transforming event that happened in his life. Yeah, like a lot of people who feel like they're called to the ministry, you know, he uh, went to, to Bible college and he started a church um, early on in his life and it was mostly college kids. It was very successful. 
Um, but he wanted more in life in the, in the form of material possessions. He saw his friends from school, you know, having new houses and new cars and, you know, living a life. And he wanted those things. And, uh, he felt that if he invested money, he could get a return on money. Well, that, that desire to get return on investment led to him investing in areas he shouldn't. So, and you know, the Bible says you can't serve God and mammon too. What happened to him? I so mean, I know you know one, what happened. One day, um, you can, and if if you do a search for uh, uh, Pastor Robert Judah Paul on uh, YouTube, you can hear it in his own words. But I'll do I'll do a, a condensed version. He uh, one day was coming back with a bag full of money, very proud of himself. Uh, you know, didn't serve the Lord anymore, and he got home and he told his wife you know, that the money was his God now and was saying, you know, how stupid Christians were for, you know, trusting God for all the things he was getting on his own. And he said he was just about ready to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, and he fell over dead in his bed. Wow. And his wife began praying for him, but, you know, he he was gone. Um, You know, she checked his pulse, checked for a heartbeat, and he was dead for several hours. And what she didn't know at the time is, you know, while while he he was outside of his body, um, he went to hell. You know, and I don't say the Lord took him to hell or, you know, he went to hell because that was his destination. That's where his choices in life led him. And uh, he was shown uh, three different distinct places. The first one, you know, he said when he got there, it was very dark. And he said the darkness was so dark, he said he reached out to touch it, and it touched him back, and it was pure fear. And, you know, he was very aware of demonic forces there and demons around him. Um, And he said the second place he ended up, he, he described it, he said it was a place that, you know, looked... You know, it was like earth in the way that there was dirt and there were rocks and hills and valleys. And he said, but it was covered with people. No one knew anyone else was there. And they were all crying out and screaming. You know, he said there were people shaking their fists and cursing God. He said there were people there that were begging Jesus to come into their hearts and save them. And, you know, it didn't work because, you know, they'd already passed up those opportunities in life. Um, and then, you know, from that point, he said he felt a being grab a hold of his leg and begin pulling him down. And when he looked down, he could see like a, a you know, a fire below him, a, a glow. You know, there was a glow and he said he could feel the heat. And he said he was going down very rapidly and as it got closer and closer. You know, he, he said, you know, said, Lord, what is this place? And he said he heard a great booming voice said, this is the place I prepared for the devil and all his angels all the men of God who turned their back on me and wouldn't serve me, and all of my children who tasted my goodness and turned their back on me. And he said he began screaming for help and asking, you know, God to stop it and, you know, trying to repent. And he said he was kept going down. And he said, finally, he said, Lord Jesus, help me. And he said he stopped. And the He said immediately he could feel the presence of Jesus and Jesus walked in front of him and looked at him and he said, I'll go to the to the, the darkest places. I'll go and feed, feed your people. I'll go to the sick and the lame, and I'll go on the streets day and night telling everyone I can about you. And he said, uh, he came back into his body. He said it was a lot like a plane landing and he sat up in his bed. And his wife screamed when he did because his hair had turned white and he had fresh burn marks on his cheeks. And he said, you know, the the demons were still in his room demanding for his soul. And, you know, I know there's a lot of debate whether or not hell exists or whether there's Mm. demons. But, you know, I knew the man personally. 
I mm. spent time with him. I've seen the scars. I saw, you know, I saw the physical things that happened there, but I also saw, you know, the Lord Jesus walk with him like I've never seen anyone in my entire life. Share a little bit of that because I think that in America, we miss that because I have met people that when I met them, I knew the Lord walked with them. I mean, there's a distinct difference. So share some of what you saw with him. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Jesus, you know, the Jesus of the Bible went about doing good. He went about uh, healing all of those that were oppressed by the devil, healing the sick, you know, setting at liberty the captives, um, the lonely, the brokenhearted. He ministered to them. He spent time with them. He ate with them. Well, if what would the Jesus of today do? The same things. Mm-hmm. Well, so he's not spending his time in great grand cathedrals listening to songs about himself. Jesus is out where people need him. You know, if you want to see the miracle worker, go in an environment where people have to have miracles. If you want to see Jesus restore lives, go where broken people are and, you know, and watch what happens. And that's what, you know, the, the environment was conducive for miracles. Acts 10.38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God were with him. And that was the scripture that you are referring to. Yeah. So, and you know, I, I you know, I've, my grandpa was a, was a pastor and a preacher. You know, I've been in, in the church my whole life. I grew up in the church. My parents are pastors now. And you know, one of the things you hear a lot of Christians say um, is that, you know, they want to see miracles. They want to see the book of Acts. They want to see, you know, people get saved. They want to see drug addicts and prostitutes and, you know, all these people get their lives restored. But to do things, you have to go out and be where those things happen. It's not going to just happen in the church. Well, the other thing I want to mention, and if you're going to go launch out in an area like that, you also need to have your life a little bit healed up. It's handy to be a little equipped. I bet you weren't, I bet when you landed in Malaysia, you didn't feel totally equipped to be there. Well, I, you know, and so, you know, the first trip I went on was two weeks. And immediately when I got back, I felt like the Lord was calling me back to Malaysia. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't because the people of Malaysia needed me. It wasn't because, you know, Pastor Robert Judah Paul needed me to help him. And, you know, it was Jesus said, you know, follow after me and I'm going to show you great and mighty things that you don't know. And uh, that's what, you know, he asked me to follow him back to Malaysia is what I really felt in my heart. And that's easy. I can follow the leader. I can, uh, you know, I can go where Jesus is going and follow after him. And that that's really the the easiest way to describe it you know I went um and I listened you know I had to be right in my heart you know I couldn't have doorways open to my life to let things happen I was you know in in a very good place in life with being right with the Lord and you know I I uh I knew there it was very apparent to me when I landed that uh if I didn't stay right with the Lord my life was in danger there so, and I knew that not only in danger, but there was very real possibility for me to lose my life. So, you know, that, that tends to keep you walking very close with Jesus. 
So are there any things that you saw while you were there that really stand out to you? Um, well, you know, I, you know, so many people want to see like, you know, the miracles Jesus did in the book of Acts, you know, healing the sick, lame walking, blind eyes open, deaf ears open, um, you know, the dead raised, multiplication of the food, you know, with the, the fishes and the loaves. And, you know, I, I can say with 100%, without any exaggeration, without putting any like romanticism, I saw all of those things happen. I've seen, I saw the dead raised, and not in some glorious setting, but in back alleys on piles of garbage. You know, I've seen, you know, people set free from demonic oppression that, that is Hollywood level. Um, with with Hollywood level manifestation of demonic power that is uh, would make most people run out of a church, but you know Jesus has all power and authority and He's given it to us. Um, you know people, the numbers of healings and the if I feel like I I don't have enough time to write down everything I saw Jesus do because He loves the people and He wants to show His goodness to them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I remember you telling me a story about. Robert Judah being in the coffee shop. Yeah, he tell that story yeah, he, about what happened. There. You know, just because you know he got his life right with Jesus and you know was doing the Lord's work didn't you know Jesus didn't just make everything magically disappear that was in opposition to him. You know, he was sitting having coffee as he often did in a corner coffee shop, and a man came in with a, off of a motorcycle with a helmet on and pulled out a gun and began firing at him, and. uh he didn't hit him, you know, and it was point blank range. You know, another thing that happened to him that, you know, it really, you know, it was, uh, I had a lot of compassion for Pastor Robert because he didn't give up. Um, and, you know, they'd beaten him so badly, him and his wife, that he went blind and he had to have cornea transplants. And you think, well, why wouldn't Jesus just miraculously heal him? I don't know, you know, but he, uh, you know, he, he lived the book of Acts. You know, Paul was stoned yeah. to death, left for dead twice. He was whipped, you know, and that those are some of the things, you know, that if, if we do what Jesus commands us to do, we might face things and persecution in life just like him. If you're not facing persecution, you can probably turn up your notches of where you're going a couple, the degree of severity, and just go into some darker places. And just test the water a little bit. Yeah. Tell a story about being in a back alley and seeing someone raised from the dead. What was that like? So, you know, we, we were doing a, a, a street conference there. My pastor was actually flying in that day from... Uh, the United States, and we'd had a street conference plan, and we were going out to have a bite to eat before we did the conference. And uh, as we were just about ready to get seated at our restaurant, we were hungry. A man came up kind of frantically and said, can you come pray for my friend? Can you come pray for my friend? And there were, you know, probably six other people in tow because they, you know, wanted to see what's going to happen. And so yet we said, okay, yeah, we can, because he was very, you know, we were hungry, but, you know, he was very persistent. And so we followed him back through all the back alleys, and we get to this place, and he, you know, and you get, you know, worse, farther and farther into the, to the area of Chowkit there, and it, it's a, like a dead-end spot way back in an alley, and there's garbage and bottles and all kinds of nasty stuff, rats everywhere, and there's a... a a body laying on top of a garbage heap and the guy says my friend 
Oh, wow. And it's like, oh, I thought, you know, maybe he was just, you know, in my mind, I thought, well, maybe he's crying, <laughs> you know, when, when he asked to come pray. For, you know, that's what I'm thinking, you know. And uh, so then it's like, okay, we've really got something to do. And my pastor, he was like, he looked and he was as surprised as everyone else was, <laughs> I think. And he looked at Pastor Robert and said, he looks dead. And Pastor Robert, with his big smile, he said, he is. <laughs> he is dead. Yeah. And so, you know, we all began, we laid hands on him again to pray. And you could immediately feel the power of God in, in that alley. But also what started happening was uh, people around began uh, uh, acting out in very violent ways. And, you know, it was a uh, you know, spirits of darkness. And they began throwing bottles. Bottles were shattering by our heads and, you know, all around. But, you know, we weren't, we didn't stop praying. No. You know, we didn't quit, you know, and we, we bound that. And, you know, I took myself and one of the other young men that had came with my pastor and we kind of, you know, we turned our backs to them praying for the man at that point And we were praying against the other people that were doing, you know, the, the bad things. And it, it, seemed like an eternity at that point and I don't know how long it was it, it if I could put it down and quantify it was probably about a half hour we were there praying but the power of God was there and you, we noticed color began to come back to the man mm. um you know he he didn't he was a, a pale purplish blue color when we got there you know he was obviously dead but the color came back and uh you know we we thought we saw some shallow breathing start but then all it it very quickly um the color all came back he sat up and was like where am i what happened wow and and you know and everybody around cheered and were clapping and giving god praise and well, then, and then the people that were throwing about they disappeared. Well, you know, miracles, the whole purpose of them in the book of Acts was to lead people to Jesus. Yeah, and they and they did. And the the number of people that came off of those streets and got discipled and got their lives back. You know, they got they had houses, they became pastors, they started churches, they worked in the ministry, saving other people, helping to pull other people out of the jaws of hell. Well, uh Maybe you, uh, we got a few more minutes left, but maybe you could pray for those that are listening that are kind of caught in the darkness right now. Because you can be caught in the darkness in America, too. It's really easy. The, the devil will make you comfortable in your misery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to pray for a few folks? So, you know, Father God, we just thank you right now that your son Jesus paid it all. He said it is finished. That means he did everything he needed to do and he gave us the power and the authority. And right now we speak to the darkness. We command the darkness to be pushed back by the light of Jesus Christ. And we thank you that that light would shine brighter and brighter. And that if anyone would cry out to Jesus and call on the name of the Lord that they would be saved. That's all we've got to do is cry out and say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, save me. And right now, as people do that, Father, that the forces of darkness are pushed back, that that name, that name of Jesus that's above every name, the name that in the Word says every knee will confess and every knee will bow to him because he is Lord, that that name, we speak Jesus to the darkness, that it goes 
and that the light of God comes into those situations, that that unexplainable peace that passes all understanding would be the umpire of their hearts, Father. We thank you for it right now, that today and the days to come, that that light, that that name, that they would be led by that, that they would be guided by that, and that they would have a hunger and a desire for the things of you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And I think it's important for people to be able to uh, um, listen to Robert Judah Paul's testimony. So how can, tell people how they can find that again. So if you just go to YouTube and type in Pastor Robert Judah Paul, just like all three spelled in the Bible, Robert, Judah, and Paul. I guess Robert's not in the Bible, I don't think. But Judah and Paul, spell it like that. And it'll come up. And he'll, there'll be different ones, but there's a testimony, you know, it's, it'll say something like, Pastor went to hell. Yeah. And and it's not, you know, it's not some weird thing. Um, and it's not some story that he, as he got older, he changed. If anything, he uh, talked less about a lot of the things that happened there. And he always talked more and more about Jesus, what Jesus was doing in his life. And, you know, because... You know, that that was an encounter, but it was in the past for him. And, you know, it, it did mark him, and it, it kept him uh, walking right with Jesus because he <laughs> knew what waited for him, you know, and he didn't want to ever hear again in his life, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Yeah, yeah, I watched that testimony all the way through. It was very excellent, and I saw his snow-white hair, but I thought, Boy, that was a defining moment in his life. Well, and it was like Paul, you know, when he was Saul yeah. of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. You know, it was that type of experience. Yeah, it definitely was. And seeing his snow white hair and, you know, and you said too, when he came back, wasn't there the smell of sulfur? Yeah, the, the room? room you could smell. He said the, the smell of sulfur was in his room for a week. Yeah. You know, and that's I would encourage anyone listening, you know, to 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 press through and pursue your own personal experience with Jesus. Oh yes. You know, to that point where you know that he's calling you to something. You know, I pressed through and he called me to come follow him in Malaysia. Yes. You know, he he calls me to come to Honduras. You know, when I'm there, he beckons me to come so that I can uh, see the things he does. Oh, yeah, and and uh, you might not know what you're called to yet, but that's okay. If you will seek the Lord, He will show it to you. And also, I as we close out here, I just want everyone to pursue a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Just don't be religious, but every day, talk to the Lord, pray. So if you've never accepted Him into your heart, Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Cry out to him. It doesn't matter what you've done. He will take you in and take you back. So thank you for listening to Healing Begins. I am sure glad that you have made the choice to tune in and be a part of this program. And I pray that you would have a blessed day wherever you at. And may you know that Jesus loves you wherever you go.
Healing Begins is brought to you by Spiritual Care Consultants of West Michigan. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are not a church, but a healing ministry based out of a doctor's office, and my partner is Dr. Troy Carlson. Maybe you're looking for a chance to donate somewhere. You have some money and you'd like to make a donation? Well, we are a great place to donate. Go to our website, www.spiritualcareconsultants.com, and click on Donate, or you can make your checks out to Spiritual Care Consultants and mail them to Spiritual Care Consultants, 1375 West Green Street, Suite 1, Hastings, Michigan, 49058. Most of all, I want to thank you for your prayers and all your support, and I want to say thank you for listening to Healing Begins.